So on Monday, uh, Tammy Jackson will be here with us at the noon day service. Every day those services are at 12, lunch at 12.30. You don't want to miss it. Um, Tuesday, you know this guy, it's Ken Casey is going to be our, our preacher that day. Wednesday is Laura Satterfield. She's the district secretary. Um, Belinda Reeves will be with us on Thursday. And then on Friday, my friend Davis Johnson from Southside Methodist will be here. So you don't want to miss the Holy Week noon uh, day services. And then Thursday night, we will have a Monday Thursday service at 6 p.m. with communion. Um, Saturday from 11 to 12 is our Easter egg hunt. And if you want to help, let Catherine know that you want to help with the Easter egg hunt. It's going to be great. Um, and then I have a youth service project that we're going to be working on this Wednesday. We're going to get these mailed out, but I'm giving all of you that are here today an opportunity to sign these as well. I have five giant cards up here at the front pews. Um, they're going to five different places. One's going to the Nashville Police Department. So we want you to sign that, let them know you're praying for them. We have the fire department in Nashville, um, the 911 center in Nashville. We have a youth group um, down the street from where the shooting took place that we're signing and sending them some stuff. And then also the school that that took place. So we're sending all these cards, tons of markers up here, so please sign them and we will send those off uh, in a way. And want to let you know, be before you leave church today, out in this hallway, there's something super exciting going on, isn't there, Pastor Sam? You can buy tons of baked goods. You can even put them in your freezer, bring them out on Easter, and act like you made it. Nobody will ever know. Nobody will know. It's perfect. So buy tons of stuff there. It's great. Uh, and then my last announcement is, next Sunday is Easter, and it's a great time to invite someone to church. Invite a neighbor, invite a friend, coworker. They would love to come to Easter services with you. Let's go to the Lord in prayer this morning. Loving God, we are so thankful that we can come together and worship on this beautiful Palm Sunday morning. We pray that you will calm our hearts and our minds and help us focus on you. We ask this in Jesus' name, amen. Would you stand and worship with us?
Okay, anybody have a palm out there? Before you sit down, raise a hallelujah. Yeah, you got a wave these things. That I might take this home and brush the mosquitoes off this afternoon. Thank you. You may be seated. Except for our children are going to go with Miss Catherine to do some uh, fun stuff in Children's Church right now. So I'm glad that you're worshiping with us today. If you're worshiping by live stream, hello to you. Say hi to us and let us know where you're worshiping with us from so, uh, so that we can say hi back to you. Uh, if you have a, a prayer request, you can always send it to us at fumc at fumcgaston.org. You can fill out a card if you're here. You can let us know. We like to pray for you. We have a, a prayer team that meets on Wednesdays at noon and um, pray for all our prayer requests. And we like to know your celebrations too. That's fun. We like to hear answers to prayer um, a whole lot. We have an opportunity for you to give, and um, you can give online, you can text to give, uh, you can give when the plate comes by. Um, 
I, I'm, I might need to volunteer offer to get that plate going around here back there. Uh, another way that you can give is you can give to the UMW. Don't forget to go by the tables out there and, and check out. I know some of you have already gotten UMW baked goods. And if I get long-winded this morning, I might see you back there eating some of those goodies just to help get, get you through, okay? And then after this, we got coffee out there at Hebrews Coffee Shop. So um, let's, let's have a prayer this morning. God, how awesome and how wonderful you are, how wonderful it is to celebrate this Palm Sunday together today. Lord Jesus, as, as we prepare our hearts for worship, we ask that you would prepare all of us that you would settle our minds down. Uh, sometimes our minds are just spinning out of control, thinking about things, about yesterday and about tomorrow. We ask, Lord, that you take these tithes and offerings and use them to, to further your kingdom and use us too, Lord, to further your kingdom. We ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. We took, uh, we took one of the songs out of the lineup this morning to, to kind of spare Kaylin's voice. She's got a little scratchy throat this morning. So um, Andy and I were going to sing Islands in the Stream, but we couldn't. We were fighting over who was going to get to be Dolly and who was going to get to be Kenny, and we couldn't work it out. So you're not going to get to hear Islands in the Stream by me and Andy. Um, instead, we're just going to jump straight to the Palm Sunday Scripture this morning. I invite you to turn to... Matthew chapter 21, we'll be looking at verses 1 through 11, and uh, it'll be up on the screen for you there. You follow along at home. Um, Matthew 21, 1 through 11. When they had come near Jerusalem and had reached Bethphage at the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two disciples, saying to them, Go into the village ahead of you, and immediately you will find a donkey tied and a colt with her. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone asks anything of you, just say, The Lord needs them, and he will send them immediately. This took place to fulfill what had been spoken through the prophet, saying, Tell the daughter of Zion, Look, your king is coming to you, humble and mounted on a donkey, and on a colt, the foal of a donkey. The disciples went and did as Jesus had directed them. They brought the donkey and the colt and put their cloaks on them, and they sat on them. A very large crowd spread their cloaks on the road, and others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. The crowds went ahead of him, and, th and those that followed were shouting, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. When he entered Jerusalem, the whole city was in turmoil, asking, Who is this? The crowds were saying, this is the prophet Jesus from Nazareth in Galilee. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. One of the things that I um, tried to tackle this, this week was to, to clean out the closet in, in my office. Um, and um, look, I know that moving and changing and all of that stuff is hard. 
But I highly recommend at least once every five to ten years cleaning out the bottom of your closet. And uh, it's, it's a, you know, it's a trip down memory lane, if nothing else. And so in the very bottom of my closet in the office, because Tammy didn't want it anywhere in the house, is a box of my old yearbooks. Okay, yeah, nostalgia time. And so I pulled out my senior yearbook, and I was looking through and seeing pictures of myself in uh, my football uniform and re recalling all the gridiron glory days. That was meant to be funny. Uh, see, we, uh, we were the Cherokee Indians, and uh, our colors were blue and gold, and our fight song was Hail to the Victors. We didn't know that we had stolen it from the University of Michigan, their colors and their fight song, and we had no idea because we didn't think anybody in the North played football at that point. But uh, the, the fight song went, Hail to the victors, valiant, hail to the conquering heroes. You know, so that's the fight song that, that we had. And um, we had a, a cheerleader squad, and I don't remember many of the cheers, but one of the cheers I remember was, was this. And I want you to smile at me if you ever heard this cheer before. Or either that's because I sound ridiculous doing it. S-U-C-C-E-S-S -S is the little word that spells success. That's how you spell it. Come on, let's yell it. Victory, victory, C-H-S. Anybody ever heard that? Oh, at least one or two of you have. What, what, it, whoa, what are you talking about? So think about that. Victory, victory, success. Hail to the conquering heroes. Hail to the victor's valiant. Well, if you looked at the scoreboard my senior year, you would not have thought that we were S-U-C-C-E-S-S. I'll just say we almost had a perfect season, but we messed up and won the last game. And so we were only one and nine uh, instead of zero and ten. Um, so how do you, it got to me to thinking, how do you spell success? In football, you look at the scoreboard, right? You, you've got to have success at the scoreboard. And, and we did not have success at the scoreboard. We were awful, y'all. As a matter of fact, they fired our football coach after my senior year because everybody knows it's always the coach's fault. So, so how do you spell success? And I got to thinking about that in terms of Palm Sunday. How do you spell success? Some people would say that success is spelled in terms of power and influence. Um, and by that, I mean power over others and influence um, and being um, victorious in that way. Power and influence. Um, there is, uh, y'all know I'm a lifelong Auburn fan. Um, there's an old story about uh, a linebacker named Mike Collin who, who played for Suge Jordan and went on to play for the Miami Dolphins. And he had a great career, and Coach Jordan asked him to do some recruiting after, uh, after he, his career was over, to do some recruiting for him for the university. And he said, sure, Coach, I'll do it. What kind of player are you looking for exactly? And Coach Jordan said, well, you know, Mike, there's that fellow that you knock him down, 
and he just stays down. And Mike said, we don't want that guy, do we, coach? No, no, Mike, we don't want that guy. And then, you know, there's that fellow that you knock him down, and then he gets back up. But then you knock him down again, and he just stays down. And Mike said, we don't want that guy, do we, coach? No, 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 Mike, we don't want that guy. But, you know, there's this other fellow. You knock him down, and he gets back up. And you knock him down, and he gets back up. You knock him down, and he gets back up. And Mike said, that's the guy we want, isn't it, coach? And Coach Jordan said, no, Mike, we don't want him either. I want you to find that son of a gun that's knocking everybody down. That's the one we want. So everybody wants to be the one who's knocking everybody else down, right? Everybody wants to be the one that has the power over the adversary, that, that has the winning record, that wins on the scoreboard, that wins the national championship, the power and the influence. That's how success is spelled a lot of the time. Well, at this particular time in Jesus' life, in this gospel, that's our gospel reading for today, Jesus would have been counted successful in terms of power and influence. Just think about how his day began. His day began with him sending two of his disciples, and he told them, go into this village nearby, and he told them where they would find a donkey and a colt, and he said, you'll find them tied there, and untie them and bring them to me. And before they could even ask the question, he said, now, if the owner says anything and asks you why you're taking the colt and the donkey, just, just tell them this. Just say, the Lord needs them. And the disciples, I can just see their minds spinning like, Jesus, are you sure this is going to work? I mean, this is, no, this is Grand Theft Donko or something. This is, this is not, don't we have a plan B just in case this one doesn't work? They didn't say any of that. Why? Because Jesus had influence over them. He told them to go do it. So they just went and did it. And when they found the donkey and the, and the colt and they untied them and started going away, the owner did come out and said, hey, what are you doing with my donkey and my colt? And they said, the Lord needs them. And the guy said, okay. So that is the power and the influence that just the name of Jesus had. That kind of, uh, of commitment was the kind of commitment that Jesus inspired and they didn't have to know all the details. They didn't, they didn't have to know a plan B. They just mentioned his name. Just mentioned his name. The name of Jesus. The power and the influence. So I, I, I guess where, where we fit into this situation is what are we willing to do just because the Lord needs us to do it? You know? What are we willing to do? Um, there have been times that, that there has been a need at this church, and I've seen it. I've witnessed this. There's been times that, that we've, we've come to you and we've said, we need, we need help. And many times we've had people that just said, that's all you got to say. I need help. I'm in there. Or that's all you got to say. We're, we're raising an alleluia offering for, for, for Easter. That's all you got to say. How much you need? Just because the Lord needs it. Just the need, just the opportunity to, to have that expression of faith and serve Christ by serving others. 
and you respond, not, not because the preacher's so great, but, I mean, hey, but because of the power and the influence of the name of Jesus. So others spell success in terms of fame and popularity. You know, uh, fame is something that is perceived more than anything else. Have you ever seen cases, you've seen these shows advertised on TV, and someone is, is wildly famous, and you're thinking, why in the world would anybody care about that? But fame is something that is perceived by others and given, and popularity is the same way. One of the most famous, most popular sports figures, and I'm saying this, where's, where's, where's my baseball folks? My baseball folks. I cannot tell you how happy I am baseball season has started. Razor 2-0. Um, but one of the most famous baseball players in history was Babe Ruth. And in 1930, uh, Babe Ruth made a salary of $80,000 a year. And that was unheard of in 1930. As a matter of fact, some sports writers asked him, asked Babe Ruth if he thought it was fair that he made more money than President Hoover. And Babe Ruth said, well, why not? I had a better year than he did, right? And he did have a good year, and he was popular by every kind of way you can measure it. Everybody, everybody uh, reacted in a positive way. The media, people's perception, everything that, that is measured by popularity and fame, he had it. And as we know, he hit 714 home runs without the benefits of steroids, right? But sometimes we forget that he struck out 1,330 times. He struck out almost twice as much as he homered. But people perceived that it was okay for him to strike out almost twice as much because they loved it when he knocked it out of the park. Fame and popularity have to do with the way people perceive what is done. And if people are looking favorably upon something, then it becomes popular. Have you ever scratched your head and thought, how did that ever get popular? Yes. Look at my yearbook pictures. Look at the way we dressed. And you wonder, how did that ever get popular? Yes. Um, but people were looking favorably upon Jesus that Palm Sunday morning, Jesus rode into town and received a hero's welcome. The crowd, there was, by all estimates, about 2 million people in town the day that Jesus rode in on that Palm Sunday. They all turned out in multitudes. They followed along. They went before. They came after him. Both the people who came out to meet him and those who were walking with him, they waved palm branches. That's why we have all this palm branch. Well, these are ferns, but palm branches. We wave palm branches. People took their coats off and threw their coats in front of the donkey. Maybe the finest piece of clothing that they had. But they threw it out there in front of Jesus because they were welcoming a hero. The only thing I can think of that's an equivalent today would be like a ticker tape parade in New York City. This was the Jerusalem first century equivalent of a ticker tape parade. So... They wouldn't do that for just anybody. And it wasn't just what they were doing. It was what they were saying. They were saying, Hosanna. Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna. 
Blessed is the son of David. They were declaring him king. King of Israel. And welcoming him and saying, look, we will pledge our allegiance and we will pledge our obedience to your kingdom. Just come on in here and just drive out these Romans and set up your throne here in Jerusalem and make it like it used to be and we'll follow. Jesus was famous. And we're still proclaiming his fame. We're still singing praises to his name. We're still waving palm branches. 2,000 years later, Jesus the powerful, Jesus the influential, Jesus the famous and popular, Jesus the Messiah. But as we, as we enter into this, this holy week, the, the solemn week of the year, we know, we know what's coming. The people that, that waved palm branches that Sunday, they didn't know what was coming. Jesus did. But we know that, that the hallelujah is going to turn into a crucify him. We know that the, the people over whom Jesus had power and influence now were going to be the people who turned him over to Pilate. And when Pilate said, who do you want me to release? This man, the king of the Jews, or Barabbas? They said, give us Barabbas. So how did that happen? How did that happen? Well, I think maybe the reason was that the people really never did understand the kind of king that Jesus was going to be. They expected him to be a military leader and triumph over his enemies. They expected him to be the victor valiant, the conquering hero. The S-U-C-C-E-S-S. But they overlooked the fact that Jesus rode into town on a donkey instead of a war horse. The symbol of peace rather than the symbol of conquest. They never really fully understand, including the disciples, this king who preached that the greatest among you it will be the least and the least will be the greatest they never really knew what to take with, from him. Even when he was nailed to the cross, they, they didn't understand. And they said, what a loser. How could this guy, how could this guy let himself get nailed to a cross? If you really are the Christ, come down from the cross, they said. And they shook their heads and they turned and walked away and they said, he has no power. He has no influence. He has no fame. His closest friends have already left him. But as I'm describing Jesus hanging on that cross, I want to ask you a very important question today. Is Jesus a success as he hangs there? Is he a success? This man who hangs on a criminal's cross between two thieves, this man who dies, is he a success? Well, it depends on how you spell success, you see. Mother Teresa of Calcutta was once asked um, what she thought made her successful. 
And she looked confused for a minute, and then she finally responded this way. She said, I never heard Jesus speak in terms of successfulness, only faithfulness in love. I want to say that again. She said, I never heard Jesus speak of successfulness, only faithfulness in love. So I want to propose that we spell success not M-O-N-E-Y, not P-O-W-E-R, not F-A-M-E, but that we spell success in terms of faithfulness and love. Faithfulness in love. Jesus, the one who was enthroned at the right hand of the Father, all power, all glorious, emptied himself of the glory and took human form, took the form of a servant and humbled himself, became obedient even unto death on the cross. Jesus, who was faithful to the end, who loved completely, who gave it all, was the greatest success that ever lived. Faithfulness in love. May God help us today to spell success, J-E-S-U-S. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we are thankful today. And as we say Hosanna, as we raise our hallelujah, as we wave our palm branches, we know something today that they didn't know. We know that this Jesus was on his way to fulfill his destiny, to fulfill God's plan, which was to save us all by being faithful in love even to the point of death. So God, help us. When our brain gets twisted up and when we hear other people talk about definitions of success and failure help us to remember that faithfulness and love is all you've ever called us to do in Jesus name Amen will you stand and sing See you.
do something different for our benediction today we're going to sing a cappella that chorus one more time and uh, that's going to be our benediction all my life you have been faithful all my life you have been so so good with every breath that I am able I will sing of the goodness of God. Amen.